0: psychology nerds and welcome to a special live virtual episode of psychology and stuff the podcast out of phoenix studios at the university of wisconsin green bay i'm ryan martin one of your hosts and i'm here as always with my friend and co-host chair of the uw green bay psychology program dr georgina wilson dungis how's it going g
1: it is going terrific so we're recording this in the month of december and um i I'm not typically like a huge fan of winter but doing this live episode just brought some early holiday cheer to my uh, to my dislike of the winter weather coming.
0: (laughs) I, I am. um... I feel good about snow. I really want some snow. I'm just going to put that out there right now. We have talked about this before on the podcast, Georgina, and I feel like I've been let down by the weather the last couple of winters because it's been mostly cold with not a lot of snow. So I'm really hoping uh, for revenge of snow this year, uh, if that's a that's probably a thing, right? Revenge of the right. snow? It sounds like the a- revenge.
2: <laughs> the revenge of the snow. Well, that's why Georgina, I see you do have the, what looks like a snowflake. Oh, yes. Nice. Very yeah. nice snowflake motif uh, there. Yeah. That, that is our out.
0: guest, ladies and gentlemen, who hasn't oh, been yeah. introduced <laughs> yet. But I'm, going, I'm going to introduce him right now. Um, so we have got... How to Make Friendships on the podcast today. We are, um, as I mentioned, streaming <laughs> right now to YouTube, to our live audience. The episode is actually part of our Common Cause theme this year on loneliness, connection, and community. We're going to be taking questions from the virtual audience we have uh, toward the end of the show. If you're watching, uh, I hope you'll let us know uh, what you're wondering via the via the via uh, the comment box. Our guest today, who you've already heard, but I haven't introduced, is a social psychologist uh, by training with research encompassing social health and pedagogical psychology. He has over 100 articles and 15 co-authored, co-edited books. He's a professor in the School of Psychological Science at Oregon State University, the Oregon State University. That's a thing we do there, right? Um, That's right. Today, today he's going to be talking to us about how to form adult friendships. It's Dr. Regan A.R. Garong. How are you, Regan?
2: Excellent. Uh doing really, really well. And it, it seems so strange to have to have that long introduction when we spent so many years where we all flew the same green flag. So uh, you know, for those few listeners who are not long-term fans of the show, uh, yes, it's it's this is year four of actually flying the orange Oregon state wow. flag. I, and isn't that crazy? Four years, yeah. four years. Wow.
0: I have long said time doesn't make sense in the pandemic anymore, but also I think that it, keeping to our theme, that is a function of aging as well, is that time starts to uh, to warp itself. So in keeping with the theme of the show on adult friendships, I am excited to welcome a good, good friend of mine to come here and talk about it all with us. So, G, this, this episode was your idea. Do you want to pitch a little intro for us?
1: Uh, absolutely. So I I read a Psychology Today post uh, like recently in the in the past months, and it, it got me thinking. Actually, it, it caused me to reflect on my friendships as an adult and. Um, It just made me think about Regan. I'm like, wow, uh, because some of Regan's very early work, like right outside of graduate school, uh, focused on social support, which in a a way is a synonym for friendship, although maybe Regan would disagree with me on that one. Um, But it could be. And I was thinking, well, this would be a really fun conversation. Plus, I really enjoy seeing my friends, even (laughs) if it is virtually and talking about fun and cool things. And so uh, that's how this episode happened. And so um, I think I would like to start the episode um, by asking Regan that question. uh, What about social support? Is it the same thing as friendship? And um, can we launch from there forward? Yeah,
2: that's there's this so much so much there's just so much in there Georgina and uh let, let me just unpack by saying a few different things. So right right off the bat uh I think just because you have friends does not necessarily mean you have social support. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's so important for us to hear and uh because really when we talk about social support uh and I love the way you went all the way back to my dissertation stuff because when I did in grad school, that was the first time uh, I dug into social support and I've been studying it in almost everything I do, whether it's been health psychology or even teaching and learning, that social support becomes so important, right? And quick tangent that I'll quickly go on and come back. Whether it's the social support between teachers, I mean, the three of us have had so many conversations about teaching and learning, right? We were there for each other in supporting our teaching and learning, uh, support in, in health, but also just, you know, the support in everyday life. So a good place to start, social support, the feeling that you're esteemed, valued, and cared for, right? Uh, and immediately you should say that feeling of esteem, valued, and cared for. Well, your friends should give you that. But I think the reason I started by saying it's not always the case is because uh, sometimes, you know, given the relationships that we may have with our friends, we may not always feel that, uh, you know, esteemed, valued, and cared for. The, the other thing I want to say is that when we think about social support, uh, and Georgina, this is getting at your question about the distinction, but I think the key thing to think about with social support, and I, I, I love talking about this distinction, because when you and I, when any any of us ask each other, do we have support, I think we've got to realize the fact that there are at least three different types of support, right? Uh, that definition I gave you is the very emotional, you know, that I feel like you value me. But, but, uh, in life, there's also informational support, and I think sometimes we we get stressed out, and we just need information, and we have sometimes have friends who are great at information, right? And that's a different kind of support. Um, and I, and I think uh, the the third type that I think about is is what I, what's often referred to as instrumental, right? Uh, I actually. Uh, ha- Every every now and then, Ryan, I think about that day when you moved into your house and we all drove over with our cars and vans and helped you move, right? And likewise, when I moved from one Green Bay place to the other, a whole bunch of you showed up or people showed up and the job was done in hours. Now that's instrumental support. It's the, you know, and there are times when, you may love somebody dearly, but that person just doesn't need your love and esteem. They freaking need your car <laughs> to get someplace, right? Um, you know, and I'm glad you 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 gave me that early warning about being live, Ryan. See, I can, you know, down, down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, yeah. I think now. So I just good, think it's, this, oh.
2: yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. I just think that I love that distinction. Friends don't always yeah. mean support. And even when we look at our friends, we get different things from different people. Yep.
0: Now is a good time to just <laughs> tell people that, yes, so there is the time that you both came over and helped me move that day. Um, but also there was a time where my car broke down a good hour outside of town. And I had both, uh, I my wife was there, but also our young kids. And I had to call on a friend to come out drive an hour, maybe a little more than an hour to uh, to. Um, uh, pick us up and and bring us home back to Green Bay so I mean yeah and it was one of those moments where I thought oh god thank god I have got friends that person is in that picture behind you I should mention uh Georgina um yes <laughs> so um yeah you know I mean that actually speaks to part of uh one of my questions Regan is um kind of it, I mean it, it's sort of an answered, but just more broadly even just thinking about it. so why should we be trying to make more friends as we get older? Or maybe it's not about making more friends. Maybe it's about sort of continuing to foster the relationships of the friends we have. What are the, what's the upside? Especially because I know there are people out there are going to say, I'm an introvert. I don't want to, I don't want to socialize. Why do I have to?
2: All right. And so here's the thing, Ryan, you, I'm actually going to say that I don't think more friends is death nef- is the answer. And this is particularly good for the introverts amongst us. Um,
0: this is good news because I'm wildly unpopular. And so <laughs> being, being able to, knowing that I don't have to make any more friends is a good
2: a good. Thing. And it's, it's, it's all about quality, all right? So so let, let me give the two of you and our listeners uh, a very simple question to Malan. All right. And here's the question. If, and, and, you know, I'll give you one question and we'll, we'll come, there are a couple of variations, but here's the simple question. Let's, let's, let's go off what Ryan said, right? If you, if your car were to break down and are from home, if, and you really needed somebody to come pick you up, how many people can you think of who you think would do it? And just mull on that. And uh, that that seemingly simple question is actually one of six questions on a very well used perceptions of social support scale, hmm. and uh, it's actually a scale I used in my dissertation research and after. And what you actually do is you you really have the person write down the initials, so that they're not just making it up. I mean, you know, you may you guys may go, oh yeah, oh yeah, five, six, ten people will easily do it. No, no, no think about the initials. Who are those people? Picture them. Think about their initials. And what the research shows is that the more people that you ha- who you can think of who would do it, the better off you are. Now, that seems to suggest that more is better. But what the research has also showed that it's actually the quality of those relationships. As long as you have two or three people who will come to your aid when you need be, Right? That's that's better off. I'm going to take that even a notch up. Now, um, you know, the three of us here are very in age. Uh, there are some youngins amongst us, uh, Ryan Martin. Uh, you know, there are some oldies, myself, uh, right? <laughs> and, you know, who knows how old Georgina is, right? Uh, fountain, of, fountain of youth. Uh, but, but here's the thing, right? And this goes back to your more friend comment, right? Here's the really fascinating thing about and I think this is like the theme of the show here, so I'll get right to it. An interesting thing happens as we age, and uh, not to get too technical and jargony on you, but there's something called the social uh, emotional selectivity theory. And what this goes on about, and I love this idea, it says, as we get older and I and I part about why I love this is it gets me to evoke a UW Green Bay phrase that is tattooed on the outside of the library okay so the next time you go to coffin you'll see this on the plaque outside but but here's it here's what it is right as we get older, we ready for it sift and winnow through our friends and we select I just love that phrase anyway uh we, and we we select those friends who are supportive, but by the same token, aren't causing us emotional hardship. Because the reality is there are some people who drain us. And what the research shows is that healthy aging, healthy getting older, and for those if you youngins out there, even as you move to 30 and move to 40, this actually still comes in. Some of us have moved beyond, with higher numbers than that. But even if you're moving to the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, the reality is there's that, there should be that sifting and winnowing where you are spending your time on those people who are giving you a lot, who aren't draining a lot. And to take it one last step up as long as we are supported by what's also referred to. Yeah, there you go. That was a good one. Uh, oh man, I, I for those people listening, you should see that. Sorry. Brief aside, Ryan, what do you have behind you? And I'll and I'll finish my by... report. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. I I I just uploaded for those of you watching you get to see this for those of you listening i just uploaded a picture that uh, of regan and i over in studio arts um but it was a it was an edited photo <laughs> by our good friend dan Meinhardt, who uh, added gave us both mustaches i think gave us both berets and so on so uh it is a very, very nice. I wanted a picture of being a friend uh, for this. So here's what we've got.
2: Okay, go uh, ahead. And I, and I think that's what, I, and you, you, when you move your head, you will see that we are outside Alison Gates' office. That's right. Yep, there you go. Alison yeah. Gates' office, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so so here's the thing, right? The, going back to that, don't worry if you don't have a lot. The reality is as long as you have what's referred to as a social convoy of friends that are moving right you as you move through life you are surrounded by this convoy of friends that you know will come to you no matter what that's that's really the key and i think i love that fact is every now and then look around and go hey any sifting and winnowing needed or you know how's how's my convoy doing uh and i think especially over the last uh, 3 or 4 years especially during the pandemic times um that was a really good time to to figure out, you know what you have in your head because a lot of those physical things changed, right? We didn't see people with the same frequency. Uh, and I think that's when you see this big uptake uptick in. I may not be seeing these people frequently, but am I making more contact and communication with them? So so again, to summarize that little section there, what's really important is the quality of friends, being sure that you have a uh, a convoy of friends. And then, uh, and I'm going to use this next word without Machiavellian intent, cultivating your friends so that you have that supportive convoy around you.
1: And I think that, That comes with maybe uh, a piece of advice about um, how you might end um, toxic relationships or poisonous relationships or whatever you might think about it uh, is that as you age, you've accumulated more and more of these kinds of relationships. The more people you know, the more people you meet and work with or socialize with or belong to a community with. Um, And really, that's a skill to uh, decide that a person is not good for moving your convoy forward. (laughs) And like trying to extract yourself from those kinds of of relationships is challenging, um, but I but I hear you making that challenge,
2: right? And 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 I, and I think you know uh, when when I look around, especially higher education right now, but even elsewhere, uh, there's few places you can look without seeing the use of the word burnout. Right. Uh, there's a lot of burnout out there. And I want to I want to evoke one of the subcomponents of burnout to the context that we are discussing right at our friendships, because I think it's really key uh, that one component of, of, of burnout is something referred to as depersonalization. Okay, and uh, very often the the depersonalization component of burnout basically says, look, if all of a sudden you realize that you are not looking forward to serving the people you normally serve or work with, you're burnt out. And I think there's a good message there for us to take when we think about our friends, right? I mean, you know, is that email from a friend, or is that you know, hey, can we chat? Request actually making you respond? Oh man, no. You know, now, if that automatic response is, oh, no, not again, you could actually be burnt out, you know, and and so I want to say, I'm giving you a way to attribute it differently. It not just maybe that's not a good friend, but especially given what's going on, you just may be burnt out where any other time you'd be, oh, yeah, of course, I'd love to. But if it, if it becomes that, oh, gosh, no, not now, I just don't have time for this. Uh, that also, I think, is an inwardly, it could be also more you being burnt out with the bottom line being, you just need to take some time and see how things are. So before you start pruning all those friendships, uh, because you're burnt out, uh, you know, really think about the big picture of what could be going on.
0: I'm curious how much of this you think is intentional effort that people do or things that just happen sort of organically as they get older? I mean, it, it it seems to me like a lot of relationships just sort of run a course, you know, and that people sort of, and I, I guess maybe what I would advocate here is that people be more intentional about some of these things. But what are your thoughts on that, Regan? You-
2: yeah, so, so first off, I'm gonna start with where you ended, which is I, I think being intentional is, is pretty important because it is very easy to get caught up in life. Right. Uh, Uh, I have both, both my kids are prepare yourself in high school right now. And I, and I say prepare yourself because I can still remember, (laughs) yeah,
0: you know, I mean,
2: I I, I can still remember the, the day 16 years ago when Ryan and Tina came over and Liam, my son had this green tube. looking like some sort of RoboCop because, you know, and I mean, that, you know, that was the day they saw him. He had this little green tube in his, down his shirt to, you know, fend off jaundice or something like that. I don't know what it was, but that was like 16 years ago, right? Anyway, they're both in high school. And I bring this up because our lives are just so busy. Everybody in the household is up till 11 or 1130 doing something or the other uh, every day. Uh, and, you know, life's busy and you go, where do friends fit in? And I think you've got to say to yourself, I need to make time for friends. And and, and I will say, uh, Georgina, first off, I should say it was almost ironic when you asked about this podcast, because I have been very open recently telling my friends that I don't think I've been a good friend recently because I just... Don't you know? I mean, both of you probably know that I'm not very good with texting, right? People will text me, and I'm like, "Oh, this, uh, yeah." <laughs> I mean, I, I have got, I have gotten better. Notice, I responded to both your te- text texts this morning, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a huge deal, uh, but but I think uh, Ryan, that goes back to that intentionality. You know, I am more intentional about looking at my phone. I am more intentional about uh, texts. And I'll just share with you an anecdote from literally two weeks ago. Out of the blue, I got a text from a friend. And it was a group text, two other friends and me. And I turned to Martha, my wife, and I said, oh my gosh, this almost brought tears to my eyes. I got a text from a friend. You know, and I and I know some of you text all the time, but I'm just so not a texter that this random text of this friend commenting on something, I just thought was so neat. I'm like, yeah, I need to do this more. So I think there are those things, Ryan, that I do think sometimes we say we've got to do this more. Now, I don't think, I, I think some people go to extremes. Uh, I can still remember somebody who said to me, you know, my husband wants to have guys night every week. Is that natural? Or does he just want to not want to hang out with me? I'm like, you know, everybody's different, right? But maybe a, a guy's night every week, maybe a little much, but uh, but you know what? It, it's whatever it takes for your friendships, right? And sometimes maybe that level of contact is important. Um, so there's variance and what you do will vary from person to person, but totally want to uh, underline because life can so easily get us caught up in things, some sort of intentionality, I think, is pretty important, you know? And
1: one of the uh, pieces of advice that um, the Psychology Today article, I will give credit to Andrea Bonnier um, for, for this one, um, is that she says that we should write out transitions, and I think that that was kind of relevant to what you just said, Regan, about, you know, we get busy, but it's busy with different things depending on where you're, what stage of life you're in. The busyness can, you know, be school as a high schooler, like your, your kids are busy in a different way than I'm busy as an older person or, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think we need to, if you want to maintain that friendship, you just have to ride out the changes in life that happen.
2: Well, and I th- I'm going to ask a question of both of you, right? Which is, I mean, and this sort of piggybacks off Ryan' your original question about intentionality, but especially for both of you, and I'll and I'll give you an example too. You know, ask yourselves, I mean, what are those things that you are intentional about as far as friendship goes? Because I'm sure everybody would love to hear it. And I'll I'll give you one thing right there about transitions, Georgina. I think something that I've started doing that I, something that I've started doing is ma- putting in some a few more traditions, and I'll give you a very goofy tradition. But here at Oregon State, one of my new traditions has been every last week of the term, which is right now, by the mind you, uh, we're, in, we're in finals week right now. But every last week, I get together with a friend of mine and we what do what's called meat fest. Um, both of us, both of, our, both of our households eat very little meat at home. Both of our households are going much more plant-based, but both this individual and I really, really enjoy meat. So once a term, we get together without assembled households and just go eat a lot of meat. (laughs) <laughs> now, you know, similar, Ryan, you may remember traditions like uh, Legend Larry's, right? Yes. I mean, there have been times when I've seen Ryan put down more chicken wings that I would like to mention on this podcast, right? But I think it was those kind of traditions, I think, that make sure you don't have to do it all the time. You could be super busy in between, but then, you know, and I, and I think to a large extent, you uh, And Martha reminded me about this cool tradition when we were just chatting traditions, but uh, the fall 50, the fall 50 men's team would get together and do legend Larry's and wings, you know, and we didn't do it every week. We didn't, you know, but we did it enough where it was something where even when life got really busy, you still, you know, sort of do that. Uh, and i and I wish I could, for my background right now, pull up there's this really great shot where uh, Andrew Adolfo, Ryan Chuck, and myself where uh are in our sweater vests or sweaters. Uh, I think it was at the union I think it was yeah. the, at the union it was at the Union Hotel, which was another tradition where mm-hmm. we would hit the Union Hotel every once in a while. So Georgina, that's my those traditions are important for friendships and you people, what are some of your traditions or things you do to keep those friendships going?
0: Go Ryan. Okay. So I will, I, maybe you have seen this, but I am on a bit of a increased socialization friendship journey right now. Um, and I, I can be honest about it because I'm mean, part of why you may have seen this. I've shared a little bit on social media about this be, being trying to be more intentional right now about just socializing more, spending more time with friends. I think for reasons, Regan, that you already kind of highlighted, busyness, kid activities, stuff like that. I don't have high schoolers, but I have middle schoolers who are very, very active and. Um, I have definitely just socialized less than I want to. And I have good friends that I routinely say, Hey, we really need to get together and have that beer, or we really, you know, and and we've been saying that now for honestly two or three years without actually doing it. And so I'm right now trying to be more intentional about that. I would say I have. There are particular friends that we have, like, regular traditions. There's a group that I tend to go to get food with almost every Friday night, you know, that I connect with. Um, there are others that, um, you know, that I I connect with maybe over sports. And so, like, we we don't talk for, say, six months, but then, you know, football season starts or the World Cup starts. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this is our thing now that we... We share this experience. I think honestly, it's the only thing that keeps me paying attention to the NFL right now is the fact that I've got some friends that our relationship is very much built around that. Um, Yeah, so I don't know if their traditions the same way. We don't have a meat fest though. By the way, I'm in. Like, if this is the kind of thing I can travel for, I'm I'm on board. But me too.
1: Let's go. Let's
0: (laughs) Let's have a virtual meat fest, like (laughs)
1: in the middle of the country. And just eat meat and then go home.
0: (laughs) Sounds good. What about you, Georgina? What are your traditions?
1: Well, I recently uh, revived a tradition that maybe I hadn't done during the pandemic because maybe I was burnt out, like Regan, like you mentioned earlier. Um, But every Thanksgiving morning, I try and send some of my friends who maybe I haven't been very good at communicating with things about them that I appreciate. And um, like, just to take a moment, and I guess I don't need a national holiday to to do such a thing, but it just seemed like a really easy and natural thing to do, like just to send a short note. And so I think like things like that, just remembering to be kind um, is a true tradition that I think I was better at before the pandemic. And I'm trying to get that back. Just doing the like small things. And that's actually one of the other pieces of advice is to remember the little things, remember things that the person likes or that they laugh about. I mean, we've been sharing a lot of like, things that we have, the three of us have done as friends together. Um, and it's remembering those things, reminding people of those things, sending a text and being like, hey, Regan, I was just thinking about you in this, you know, in a group chat. Those kinds of things I think go a long way to helping maintain friendships throughout a lifetime.
2: So, So here's, you know, along those lines, I, I always like pragmatic, practical stuff, right? Here we are, early in December. Um, you know, to some extent, it's nice when you get Christmas cards, but you know, especially given the background, you can see with forestry and stuff like that. I've got a lot more sensitive about you know large numbers of paper being sent all over the countryside. Uh, but but all of that said, I think even before the onslaught of Christmas wishes, right. Um, I think this is a really good time or every every once in a while, and, and this is a really good time, where to just sit down and ask yourself, who have I not been in touch with for some time? You know, and um, quite honestly, at least two or three times a year and in really, really busy years, at least once a year before the holidays, I try and sit down and write a list of the people that, I really wanna be in touch with. And it could be an email, it could be a Facebook message. In some small cases, it's a card. But I think that's something all of us can and should do more of because I can almost guarantee you just thinking about those people is gonna make you feel good. And they're gonna feel great when they hear from you. Uh, and that's just the, the beginning of stuff, so.
0: You know, it, it's funny. So that we have a question in the chat I want to get to here in a second, but before we do, I wanted to mention that, you know, this is sort of informs that question I asked earlier about the intentionality because I am intentional about so much that I do in my life, probably to a fault, right? But when I, when I sit down and map out my semester or when I map out, I mean, I am very specific about like, this is how many miles I want to run. This is what I want to eat each week. You know, like these are, these are things that are, probably borderline pathological, but still like, you know, the habits I have, this is a place, Regan, where I am not at all intentional. And I, I can see how I probably should be, you know, that, that mapping out in the same way, like these are people I want to spend time with. Um, these are people that I want to make sure I'm staying in touch with somehow um, and not just leave it up to chance the way I so often do. Right. And, and, you know,
2: again, before you get to the question, but still, I think, uh, especially because something I've noticed as you get older, uh, you know, we, I get we older make...
0: specifically or as well, I...
2: As we, as we, right? <laughs> okay. As, as yeah. we get, I mean, something I love thinking about is I love thinking back to how much it, you know, right now, anybody who's in college is probably saying, oh, I'm so busy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you probably are. Uh, but dear college listeners, uh, as busy as you are right now, wait till you get other things and more things to deal with. Right. And there are many times when I look back and I go, oh man, I wish I was back in college with the fewer things that I had to deal with and you know, the w- world issues. But here's here's what here's the good news though. Uh and Georgina, you mentioned there are times and you, you know, there were times you felt burnt out. I think here's the the best thing that I love is and that I can. I can attest to because I've seen it happen. Is even with long periods of time, many of our friends don't many of our friends don't necessarily disappear. And one of the most heartwarming things I've realized is, uh, and I'll mention this in the context of of some of my high school friends. Uh, one of the most heartwarming things is even after the gap of years, when I've been when I've done exactly when I've walked the walk of what I talked and got back in touch with some people it's almost like picking it up how it was, you know? And I realized that they had life happen too, you know? And just like I'm surfacing from a whole bunch of years, they too had things happen and they too are now uh, more ready to do this kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, that's the really, really good news is A, you'll find that yes, to a large extent, a large number of your high school and college friends will be there for you, Mm -hmm. even if you're not, you know, talking to them all the time. Uh, Even though I think the world has changed where, you know, when even when I see how much my kids talk to their friends, right, that's so that the texting is so it's like they have their finger on each other's pulse, you know, it's almost (laughs) there to evoke the peripheral that I've been watching. They're like, connected by technology, right? Mm -hmm. And unlike sci-fi, where it's actually in your skin, holding that phone and the extent to which they hold their phone is almost like it's in your skin, you know, but it really makes you think, oh, if I don't speak to them for a while, is our friendship going to be the same? And I think the good thing about true friendship uh, and friendship that has been cultivated and strengthened is that it's there and uh, I'll continue that kind of cultivation analogy by saying, you know, sometimes even trees in our garden uh, fall into poor growth. But just some pruning and fertilizing and work and they will flourish again. So, too, friendships, my friend. <laughs>
0: um, all right. So great question in the chat, along with some uh... Some spam, but uh, really (laughs) great question in the chat. Uh, Jenny wants to know, said, my students talk a lot about red flags and green flags in seeking romantic partners. Could you discuss a few red and green flags of potential friendships for adults? So what do we think are red and green flags for friendships in adults? Someone's going to come help me move. That's a green flag. Right. Uh, <laughs>
1: well, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I, I think you know the first thing that jumps to to my mind is, and and this is this is borne out by, you know, there there are some some research on friendships really literally looks at two kinds of ratios. Okay, uh, the ratios between positive and negative interactions, and many of you may have run into this in in marital relationships. You you know the reality is you can't necessarily always be positive, but all as long as the ratio of positive to negative, and this is John Gottman's work, is five to one. You know that's a healthy uh, marital relationship. I think that's one level of uh, of the answer in friendships. You want your green flag to red flag ratio to be in the five to one range. Okay, expecting no red flags that's not realistic, but you want way more green flags than red flags. So that's answer number one, right?
0: Um, I'm I think, so I think happy this... <laughs> that there's a thing I can actually track in a spreadsheet. Right? I mean, I should be. <laughs> I should probably at the end of every day just be writing down yeah. like interactions with Georgina. Three were positive, <laughs> one was negative. That's That's one. But,
2: but you know, and actually, as funny as that sounds, you take that you take that to a more realistic level. You will have some friends. And thankfully, not even one comes to my mind. This is great news, uh, where <laughs> you you will actually have more negative rela- uh, interactions with that person than positive. And those specific flags may vary. Uh, it, it in some cases it's they are always asking you for money and never giving you stuff. In some cases, it's they're always asking for your time and they need to chat. You know and and never ask you how you're doing kind of stuff you know uh so what it is will vary with the person but i think that sad bottom line thing is the same it's watch that ratio and don't don't be don't expect all green flags that's not the how the world works uh but make sure you keep your your red flags you know and i think that 5 to 1 i mean the the gottman relationship research is pretty solid, replicated, robust. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with that five to one ratio.
0: What do you think, Georgina? Do you have red flags and green flags you can think of in, uh, in friendships?
1: You know, I was thinking about like one thing that I wanted to ask Regan, and maybe this could be like the end of like, we can wrap it up. Um, thinking about how friendships impact your health, um, cause I, I know that uh, like health psychology is one of your passions, Regan. And, uh, a statistic that I read, um, said that like poor quality social support is the mortality risk equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And I was like, oh! <laughs> like and so when I think about like red flags like, if, if that has the health equivalent of smoking almost a pack a day of cigarettes, then that is something that I want to avoid. And then also like supportive friendship, like green flag friends um, are a great predictor for longevity. And like, and so I wonder if you have a thought about that.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, so two, two fun, Empirically driven thoughts. Uh, Number one, I think you know the there's really uh, great uh, epidemiological studies coming out of Europe where they keep where they track health data much better than we do here in America. Uh, And you're absolutely right. I mean, when when uh, they compared 20 different uh, predictors of health, uh, and they put a whole bunch of physiological predictors in there, you know, weight, smoking, drinking, uh, diet, uh, social support was in the top two. Uh, everything else in the top five was physiological things, you know, uh, diet, weight, smoking, alcohol. But sm- social support was the one non-physical, uh, physical thing that was in there. So that's that's point number one. Uh, the second stat that I love is uh, this is a more recent study that I'm thinking about. as far as longevity goes, uh, having a happy partner. Okay, having a happy partner predicts your longevity you know uh and i think that's i like that because it nicely says look it's not just what you're getting out of the friendship but it's it's what both of you are getting out of it you know uh if you have a friend who's working real hard to give you support all the time and you're not giving anything back yeah you may do relatively well but not as well as if that friend is happy as well so hmm.
0: awesome. i like that yeah that like- oh yeah That is probably a good way to wrap things up. Regan, for people who want to know more about you and your work, um, where can they find out more about you or even follow you on social media?
2: Yeah, you know, I think uh, regangurung.com is my webpage, which has a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, But yeah, Regan Ar Gurung on Twitter, still there. I'm still on Twitter, Regan Ar Gurung. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. But yeah, regangurung.com. But uh, I think, you know, just my name and my webpage pops up and social media and Instagram that I'm trying out. Uh, But yeah, lots, lots of really neat stuff. And you're right. It's health. It's health psych. It's social psych. It's, it's just a fascinating, you know, day-to-day life and how we how, how intentional we are can can make such a big difference.
0: Well, this is, I I think I would argue, you know, this is a part of health that I think we often sort of ignore right we we tend to think of it being more tied to mental health and of course it is but the 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 obvious links between these these different things are very very real and very important Georgina how about you where can people find you
1: People can find me everywhere except Twitter. You're not (laughs) there anymore, huh? No, I'm not there anymore. At G-E-O-R-J-E-A-N-N-A-W-D. So Georgina WD.
0: Excellent. People can find me not just at Legend Larry's, although they can find me there. (laughs) They can can also find me uh, on social media at Anger Professor, uh, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You can come there. You can also find uh, Psych and Stuff uh, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at Psych and Stuff. That's a good place to ask questions. You can request topics for episodes. Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. The executive producer is Ryan Martin, and the production manager is Rachel Scray. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salick, and our graphic designer is Kimberly Blese. Special thanks to our guest today, Dr. Regan A.R. Garung. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwgb.edu slash podcast to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Jordina Wilson-Dungis. Keep being amazing.